0: Hi everyone and welcome to another episode of Guts and Girl Bits. It's been a long time coming. I've had a lot going on personally with renovating my house and... I've been fortunate enough to be able to live with my parents while this has been happening. And so it's not really the most conducive atmosphere to record any podcasts or really get anything other, anything done at all. So that's one of the reasons why I haven't released a podcast episode for a long time. But now I am moved back home. So we've had our renovations done and they're beautiful. I'm now working from home in a little um, space that's like got an external door to it so I've got my massage bed and I'm building my herbal dispensary and it's just absolutely beautiful and I love coming into this room and doing work and being able to see people and I'm always so grateful for any of my patients that have come and seen me in this space as well and now that I have this space it's also a lot more easy for me to do the things that I used to have a lot more time to do such as write blog posts and create podcast episodes and so I have a few podcast episodes ready to go um, now or almost ready to go but this one here is something that I've just recorded recently and it's something I'm really happy to share with you because it's a beautiful retelling of the birth of baby Byron who is the son of Brooke and Adam Blair now if you've listened to previous episodes then you're probably familiar with Brooke she's a women's health physio and I've had a lot of episodes with her previously which I do encourage you to go back and listen to because they're actually really good information in there so some of the ones we talked about was hypertonicity so when the pelvic floor muscles are too tight and what you can do about that how your body changes during pregnancy and we also spoke about mastitis as well so there's some great things that you can go back and listen to but for now we get to hear about her birth story and also um this actually follows up from a previous episode that we did where we talked about her health journey overcoming some issues with her digestive health as well as talking about why she wanted to become a women's health physio and some of the issues that she was having with her periods. And so this kind of wraps that story up a, to a certain extent, because we're talking about, you know, what happened with her endometriosis and what some of the things we were doing with that, as well as her journey to conceive um, and the, her pregnancy and her birth. So. I hope you enjoy today's episode. So Brooke's just a pleasure to chat to. I had such a lovely time interviewing her and I hope you guys enjoy. Please leave a review if you enjoyed it and let me know if there's any other topics that you would like to cover in the future. Hi everyone, you're listening to Guts and Girl Bits. I'm Alison Mitchell, a practicing naturopath. I hope to share with you all sorts of information about women's health and digestive health to educate and empower you to make informed choices about your own health. Please remember that all information is general and does not replace consulting with a healthcare practitioner. So I'm joined again with Brooke Blair. So she's a women's physio extraordinaire, and she's been on the podcast a few times previously discussing her health journey. And so we've got a bit of an update about where we're up to now so we're currently in February 2020 and Brooke has in her lap at the moment her beautiful baby boy yes (laughs) this is my little 10 week old baby Byron and he is just divine currently sleeping peacefully
1: yes hopefully it stays that way <laughs> yes.
0: we'll see how we go it's all good I've had so many episodes in the past where Lara's been chirping away so I think it's just like a staple to my yeah. podcast episodes
1: now. well the last podcast I think we had the dogs and the birds in the background so yeah. maybe we'll have Byron in this one yeah <laughs> and I think
0: last time we were on the podcast together we were talking about how you were going with digestion and like a bit about your period journey. Mm-hmm. And so I, I guess I'd like to start off there and say like how, how did everything go since then and how did you go with
1: trying to conceive? Yep. Um, so I think it would have been before our wedding maybe. I can't remember if it was before or after our wedding that we caught up last. But I think it was after. After, okay. So, two days after our wedding, we went into COVID lockdown. Yes. So, we had spoken about me coming off the pill after the wedding, but then we thought with lockdown, probably not the best time to do that because we didn't know what we would be doing with work and where we'd be at. We'd just bought a house. Um, so, we waited until the August of 2020, which is when I then came off the pill. Um, and so I'd started working with you on, with all of our herbs and we'd already worked on getting my gut health right, which was going so, so well, um, because I'd been having my SIBO, which was causing me to feel short of breath and heart palpitations. As Soon as I did the SIBO diet, cut out red wine, reduced my cheese and my sugar, I was perfect, which was good. That's great. (laughs) Um, so I came off the pill and my first period came, I think nine weeks later which was like I never had a period. It was so easy. I had no pain whatsoever. I was going, oh, my God, have I just been on the pill for no reason this whole time? Um, And then I got my next period maybe six weeks later, just before Christmas, and it was horrendous. Mm. It was probably the worst period I've ever had. I had so much pain. I couldn't go to work the first day Mm. of it. Um, I had shooting rectal pains. I couldn't sit down because of it. I was constipated, it was horrendous, Um, so yeah, that was fun, and then at that point, so that had been what, maybe three, so that was August, September, November, that was four months after coming off the pill, Um, so we then went to my GP, because I thought, I can't have another period that is that horrendous, maybe I need to get my endo looked at again by the specialist, So we'd then gone in the January to see my doctor to look at getting a referral to the endo specialist to see maybe I need to have another laparoscopy to get my endo cut out again before we could then fall pregnant, maybe. Um, Unbeknownst to us, I was pregnant at that time, but then a few weeks later miscarried then. Um, And so this whole time I'd been tracking my cycles like we'd spoken about. So I'd been measuring my basal body temperature every morning. Um, and so I think I knew straight away that first time that I was pregnant because that day that my period should have come, it was still up high and I messaged you and I was like, Oh my gosh, what is going on here? We just had an appointment as well, I think. Um, and then I took a pregnancy test like two or three days later. Um, but anyway, so I didn't end up going to see the endo specialist because obviously i could fall pregnant despite my endo being horrendous and i think you were concerned about that at the time as well Mm. like
0: apart from having a hellish period you also were like wondering if it was going to affect your chances of
1: conceiving exactly that was my big thing i thought i don't want to leave this too long yeah and i think the appointment the first appointment that i could get so that was in the feb the January and the first appointment I could get was the November of that year oh, so yeah. I was going oh my god! it's been a terrible time for people trying to get specialist appointments mm. yeah COVID has made things very tricky yeah um but yeah so we had the miscarriage which sucked but is life it happens to a lot of women um, one, and then One in four, isn't one it? One in four, yep. Um, and so I like being at work with so many pregnant women and women trying to conceive. I was chatting with all of my women about it and so many women would tell you that they've had miscarriages that they've never spoken to someone about, yeah. which I think is a bit sad because we'd told, we'd told both our parents and I think we'd told, we told all of our families actually that we were pregnant because we thought, you know what, my – Family members have had um, miscarriages before and they didn't tell us at the time um, and I think that would have been really tough. Yeah. So we told all of our family that we were pregnant thinking if something does go wrong then everyone knows and they can support us yeah. um, and it was really weird. It was like I knew that I wasn't going to stay pregnant because I was talking about the sack of cells, like that's what I was calling it. I wasn't calling it like it- my baby so you, you didn't form an attachment to it? No, yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was it was really bizarre. Like, and I kept saying, you know, if this sticks and just words that mm-hmm. I was using, it was like deep down I knew that I wasn't going to stay pregnant. I think that's, it's. I mean,
0: it could have been like an aspect of intuition, but it's also not uncommon. Like when it's your yeah. first um, conception to yeah. have that sort of fear always there, like yeah. to have that element of disbelief. Yeah. And because you also had the... An endo,
1: it yep. would have been like almost like this doesn't seem right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But I've spoken to other girls since who've had miscarriages and they've said the same thing, like they were just waiting for the news that it wasn't going to, like that they were, had had a miscarriage or that the baby hadn't grown or there was no heartbeat. So it was, it was really bizarre. Didn't make it any easier when I had the miscarriage, yeah. of course. Um, but, yeah, so we did that. Then I started tracking my temperatures again straight away. Um, and through that miscarriage, actually, we found that I had Hashimoto's. So Mm. I'd gone and had blood tests to check my HCG levels. And we found out that my, now you'll have to correct me on this. Was I too high or too low?
0: Hashimoto's usually expresses with low TSH.
1: Yes. Okay. Also
0: a high TSH and
1: low um, T4, T3. Okay. Yes. And antibodies. Yes. That's what I had. Yeah. Um, so my GP said, stop trying, let's sort this out first. I don't want you to fall pregnant because if you do, then thyroid's really important for baby's brain and development yeah. and could contribute to the miscarriage. Yeah. Um, but I was also frustrated because I was like, well, I'm having six to nine week long cycles. How long am I going to have to wait to fall pregnant again? It had been six months at this stage since I'd come off the pill. Yeah. Um, So I was working with you on reducing all of, I think we reduced my gluten, dairy, and sugar. I came off all of that. Um, And then I'd had some acupuncture as well to try and help me, um, like, to get rid of all of the leftover blood and stagnation and all that sort of thing. Yep. Um, And then I started some thyroid medication and six weeks later I was pregnant again and that was our little Byron. Yeah. Um, And how did you feel about it at that time? Like did you connect
0: during the pregnancy?
1: I didn't want to get excited at all. So I kind of, like I knew straight away that I was pregnant because it was March of last year. So we were away on our wedding anniversary um and I'd started to have similar symptoms to what I'd had when I was pregnant the first time which was like random heart palpitations really vivid bizarre dreams and tingling nipples mm. and so I'd started experiencing those again and I thought no like I haven't even had another period surely I wouldn't be pregnant this soon um And so then we came home, I took a pregnancy test, I messaged it to you, because I was like, I'm sure there's a line here, but I could be making it up. And you were like, I don't really see a line. I was like, no, deep down I know there's a line. And there really wasn't. I've looked back at photos. There wasn't a line. Yeah. (laughs) But you were the first person that I told and I sent this photo to. I think I looked at your temperatures and I was like, actually. Yeah, yeah." it could be. You said maybe wait another two days. Um, And so I didn't. Every day after that I checked and I gradually got a line. that is definitely (laughs) understandable. Yes. Um, But I told Adam, I think that night I still told Adam. So we had friends over and – he, I hadn't seen him by himself that whole day and so he'd gone to the bathroom and was doing a poo and so I chased him in there and I said hey he's like can you just like give me a minute and I was like hey if if I was pregnant, would you want to know right now? He was like, yes, but why are you telling me like this? <laughs> so I pulled out the pregnancy test and I showed him and he was like, I'm really happy, but I'm doing a poo. Can you give me a minute? Oh, my God, he's going to love that this is all yeah. the episode. Yeah, so <laughs> well, classic, classic. I thought to myself, you know, of course I would do it when he's doing a poo, not like in a cute way that everyone else does it with their partners. Um, but yes, yeah, so. <laughs> like, you know how you're pushing, pushing something yeah. out of yourself right in now. In nine months' in that- time, <laughs> I will be too. Yeah. Um, so we had friends over for dinner. So they were sitting at our dinner table and I'd gone in and told him that. So we had a little cuddle and a kiss and we were like, we're not going to get excited. Um, so we were both kind of guarding ourselves. I think we yeah. didn't really talk about it that much straight away, but we were still excited that the possibility um and also just that like you could conceive again as yeah, well I yeah and the exciting. fact that it happened quite quickly yeah. was nice like it felt like eternity um but it was only really six weeks after we'd miscarried so it was really quite lucky I think mm. um well, I mean I guess depending on the reason for a
0: miscarriage woman can conceive again in the next cycle yeah,
1: yeah yeah which I'd heard but didn't think it would happen to us okay. so we felt very lucky um, and then I I think a few days later I'd had a bleed and so we just assumed straight away, oh, okay, well, this is, we're yeah. miscarrying again. So I'd messaged both our mums to say, hey, just letting you know, we are pregnant but now we're probably not, we'll keep you posted. Um, so that was how they found out this time that I was pregnant, which was not all that nice. Yeah. Um, and I'd actually had an appointment with an obstetrician that day because I was going to talk about maybe going on um progesterone uh no, I'm not progesterone we thought that i wasn't ovulating frequently to oh, gp um, um climate yes yeah. yes so that was what the appointment was about to look at maybe i need to help me to ovulate a little bit more frequently to fall pregnant Um, and so I went in there and I was like, okay, well, I took a positive pregnancy test last week, but I've started to bleed and I had a miscarriage and this is exactly what happened last time. Can you tell me what's going on? And he did an ultrasound and he said, well, I can't see anything in your uterus. So it could be, but maybe go and get a blood test in a couple of days. Um, and I did that. And a few days later, got a call from my GP saying, I've got some results on my desk here that says you are pregnant so maybe give me a call back and we can chat about that. And I was like, oh, my gosh, amazing. Um, and so then I think that would have been at maybe five or six weeks. And then a few weeks later had another bleed, which was terrifying again. Mm. Um, How much were you bleeding? The first time it was probably only spotting, which like that brownie kind of mm. spotting colour the second time was a bit more. Yeah. Um, and would that have been around sort of eight weeks? Possibly, yeah, seven or eight weeks it would have been. Because it's often like women will have a bit of a bleed when their periods would have been due. Yeah, okay. So like you'd get – It could um, have been related to that, which I think I'd messaged you and I think you had said that as well. Yeah. Um, thankfully at that point though because I have an ultrasound at work – I'd been scanning myself nearly every day. <laughs> um, and so it became a bit of an obsession. Very it? obsessed. Yeah. It was unhealthy. Um, but I – so I think it was about maybe five weeks and five days that I could start to see his heart beating, which was the most wonderful thing to see. Um, so when I had the bleed, I went to work and I was still terrified, but I could scan myself and see that there was still a heartbeat there, which made me feel a lot better. I'd still then scan myself before I went home that night because I thought – all well and good that there was one this morning but that could have changed in the last 10 hours um so yeah very unhealthily scanning myself all of the time um and then it was kind of around that time that we started to get more excited and started to kind of prepare for what our birth would look like yeah um so yeah I'd always loved birth love birth in general it's just amazing and working wow. with so many women going through pregnancy and birth I'd heard so many different birth stories and different ways of going about birth and so I'd always said to Adam like oh we'll put the birth pool in the living room or should we have it in the bedroom like thinking we'll have a home birth and Adam just always was like mm, Whatever. you're crazy yeah <laughs> and so I never actually fully believed that we would ever have a home birth I was just saying it to rile him up while thinking that would be really cool and I'd love that but I don't think I've got like the confidence in myself to be able to do it. Mm. Um, but it was also around that time that Birth Time, the film, mm. came out. And so it was hosted at Richmond. So I made Adam come with me and watch it. I'd already watched it, I think it was in the February, I'd watched it for the first time. When it was at Castle Hill sort of. Yeah, when it first came yeah. out. Um, and then, yeah, we had it at Richmond. So I brought him to watch it with me. Mm. And at the end of that, so I would have been nine, eight, eight or nine weeks pregnant, eight weeks pregnant at that point. Um, and so Adam watched it and he was like, oh, that was really cool. I can understand why you want a home birth because if anyone hasn't seen it, it's all about midwifery-led care and empowering women to birth the way that they feel most comfortable. And there's lots of home births featured on it. Yeah. Um, it is amazing. I'll put a link in the show notes If anyone does want to have a look, because you can stream it online now. Exactly. It's amazing. I love it. Um, And so, yeah, I brought him to watch that and he said, oh, maybe we'll consider home birth as an option. Um, So I think that week was when I started calling around for home birth midwives. And because we were due, my due date was the 10th of December. So it's a bit awkward with Christmas. Close to Christmas? Yeah. <laughs> Which <laughs> you were not happy about that. No, I was not. I'd always said to Adam I don't want to be pregnant in summer. <laughs> so we didn't plan that very well, but that's okay. <laughs> couldn't, couldn't really work around that. I guess you,
0: okay. if, like, it's not like you had the liberty of like going, well, like, let's just wait like a little while. Yeah. Like you wanted to get pregnant yeah. now. Like. I've,
1: well, I wanted to be pregnant three months prior. Yeah, so. Yesterday. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so. so yeah. So I'd started calling around midwives and everyone was either fully booked because I'd waited until I was nine weeks or and they book out basically as soon as you pee on a pregnancy test people book them yeah um or they weren't the midwives weren't working over christmas because they'd worked the previous christmas being that it was COVID and no one was going away anywhere or doing anything um but thankfully got on to my midwife whose name was Kara and she was lovely so we had a chat with her and we booked her straight away because we just found her amazing and really supportive um, and that was kind of where we started our little home birth That's amazing. Journey, which was exciting.
0: So when you'd um, done all your work as a women's physio, mm-hmm. had you like, ever envisaged having birth like, differently like, like in terms of what you knew about potential complications of
1: birth? Yeah, so I'd, I'd had lots of women who'd had birth trauma. Um, and so I think I'd taken on a lot of that trauma in terms of thinking, uh, well, you know, maybe I shouldn't have a vaginal birth because what happens if I have a postpartum hemorrhage or what happens if, um, you know, like my cervix doesn't dilate and then I end up needing an emergency cesarean. Knowing all about pelvic floor, what happens if I have a third-degree tear? We've just covered that at work. We we're talking a lot about third-degree tear and rehabilitation and mm. everything like that um, and so... That kind of scared me a little bit. And I remember when I'd first done my women's health training and learning all about tearing and all of the complications that can happen with a vaginal birth, I remember saying, Well, that's it. I'm definitely having a planned cesarean because yeah. I definitely do not want to tear my pelvic floor. Um, but I was lucky enough when I was a student in my final year of uni um to be on the maternity ward so I actually got to watch three cesareans and two vaginal births and watching the I specifically asked to watch the cesareans because I thought well that's how I'm giving birth to save my pelvic floor um so I watched these three cesareans and I I enjoyed watching the babies be born but it didn't I don't know it didn't excite me I kind of was like oh okay there's the baby like that's really lovely had a bit of a cry um also, I didn't like the staff that were on it the day, so that probably didn't make it nice no. either. Yeah. They were just a bit rude and kind of like it was a production line. they were like, "Righto, next person," while someone was already on the table being stitched up. Um, oh, but yeah, then, that wouldn't have been
0: pleasant. Yeah, but, it wasn't.
1: Yeah. It wasn't the like lovey-dovey experience that I thought mm-hmm. it would be. And so then the next day, I watched two vaginal births. And I was with this woman. It was her first birth. So I was with her for the last little bit of her labor before she started pushing. And I was with her as she was pushing. Um, and as the baby was born, like they let me, like, touch the baby's head. She was amazing. Um, and so the baby was born, and I just burst into tears crying. Her family was in the room. We were all hugging and crying together, and she let me hold her baby, and I remember leaving that and calling my mum, crying, saying, I just watched the most amazing wow. thing. Like, it was so incredible. And even though she'd torn, like, and I'd watched the tear happen, but it was just the most incredible thing to watch. Yep. And so I think after that point, I was like, okay, no, I'm not having a planned cesarean unless medically necessary. Um, I really want to try and have a vaginal birth. And then I'd had so many birth dreams after that point, and I'd always given birth, either um, at the beach, (laughs) been in the water and pushing a baby out, or I'd been on the sand and pushed a baby out, or I'd been in a hotel looking at the beach. And once I'd given birth, um, we used to live in a rental property and one of my dreams I'd given birth beside the bed. And I got back into bed after giving birth to this baby girl and Adam said to me, God, you did so well, darling. I said, I did, didn't I? And then we went to sleep and I was like, that would just be ideal. (laughs) <laughs> um, so I think deep down I'd always yeah. pictured having a home birth, Yeah. but I hadn't really let myself think that that was a possibility up until we'd like agreed on it and booked the midwife and everything like that.
0: I think anyone's decision in having a home birth is going to be very dependent on how their partner feels about it as well. Mm, yeah. So like the, the fact that you were able to have Adam be so supportive towards it was amazing.
1: Yeah. Yeah. He, um, I was super surprised because he'd always said to me, oh, maybe for the first, we'll, like, let's just do it in hospital. Let's, you know, make sure we've got all the safety around us that just in case, knowing, like, with my endo and everything, I think he thought that could have maybe caused complications with the birth. Um, and so we'd always said, okay, for the first we'll have it in hospital and then if everything goes well for the second we'll talk about home birth. Um, and so, like, I'd booked in my booking in appointment at the hospital and everything. We we're just going to go with the local public hospital. Um, but I wasn't excited. Yeah. Like I didn't look forward to having that appointment and so I couldn't get excited about the birth. It just didn't feel right and so I kept pushing Adam and that's why he came and watched birth time with me and then after that I just kept pushing it. I was like, can I contact a home birth midwife? Will you let me? Like, come on, let's just look into it. And so as soon as we booked her and he said, yep, let's do it, that sounds great, Um, I was excited for birth again. So I think we both knew and he was excited for birth too. So I think we both knew it was the right choice when we did that.
0: And how did your mum and like, Adam's mum
1: feel about it? They were nervous. Um, so we weren't going to tell them that that's what we had planned on doing <laughs> because I'd mentioned that as like same as what I'd mentioned to Adam, like just, just like a throwaway comment as a bit of a, a laugh. Um, and they'd both gone, oh, well, you wouldn't, you wouldn't do that. And I was like, oh, okay. And so when we booked it, I kind of thought, oh, I don't really want them to be concerned. Mm. So maybe we won't say anything. But then um, the day that we'd booked in my our midwife, I'd gone up on a trip with my mum and I said, oh, you know, we've contacted a private midwife just thinking, I'll just say we're just having a private midwife but let her think we're birthing in hospital. She said, oh, okay, is that to organise a home birth? And I said, yep. She was like, okay, fair enough. And she was kind of fine. I said, you know, are you okay with that? Like, that's what we're going to do. And she said, you know, you, you know, this space, you understand it. I trust you and I trust that you, you know, know what you're doing by making this decision. So that's fine as long as it's safe and you're going to be safe and looked after that's okay. Um, And so I kind of went, Oh, okay, cool. Like she's okay with it. I knew my dad would be freaked out. So we didn't really talk about it all that much with (laughs) him. Um, And then a few weeks later we had a discussion with Adam's parents and they kind of, it was when COVID had just kicked off again um and they said oh like you know it's a bit it's a bit scary that you're doing that because we've obviously never experienced that before but maybe at the moment with covid and it being in hospitals maybe that is a good idea um it probably worked in your favor in yes. you know, that situation yeah. yeah yeah so then they kind of came around and they were yeah supportive of it they still kept saying you know we're nervous um but they were supportive which yeah. is good well
0: that, that that's great because yeah. i know they like, i would originally wanted a home birth but yeah. i had not much support like yeah. or not much encouragement to, yeah. to go that way but home birth for instance wasn't like i mean birth time movie wasn't there and yep. um i would have definitely dragged my husband around to see that yeah. too
1: well i think up until that point because i'd had clients Um, the last three years a a few clients sprinkled throughout each year who'd had home births Mm. and it was funny when they when I'd say you know where are you giving birth and they'd kind of go oh and almost be a little bit like anxious to tell me that they were having home births and so I think there was always this stigma that home births were for like hippie weirdos Mm. um, who don't care about their health and who don't care about their baby's health Um, and it maybe wasn't until birth time came out that people went oh actually like that's really cool and it's not this hippie woo woo thing it's actually like a really safe option for people who are low risk in their pregnancy um so yeah i
0: actually attended a home birth um back when i was just starting out in naturopathy and it was just it was amazing Amazing. it was the most wonderful experience and it was in in her home in birth pool yep um and um, i really sort of just like was excited for birth after that as well
1: yeah Yeah. it's amazing it's yeah so good if everyone i always say now having experienced the birth that we did um i said to adam a few weeks after it i said um it's crazy that only the five people who were there know how incredible it was um, because I would have loved for our mums to experience it because they'd not had traumatic births but hadn't had such a incredibly positive experience that we had with our birth. And it's almost like we just wanted to, like, spread the joy to everyone and be like, yeah. we want you to have this intense feeling of, like, joy and happiness that we experienced with our birth. Mm-hmm. Um it's so yeah. wonderful that you were able to have that yeah. experience. Yeah, I think
0: back to what birth must have been like when, um, like, your whole family would have been involved, mm. and like you'd have the young kids there; they'd be yeah. watching. And nowadays, we have um, people not have any real knowledge about birth apart from what's shown in Hollywood. And so, yeah. um, like going, like back to old times and having people there all the time and just seeing it as a normal thing.
1: Yeah, yeah,
0: like it would it would probably help. Um, to reduce interventions and fear about birth as well.
1: Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. We keep talking about now that we've got Byron, we keep saying to him whenever we look at our birth photos, we're like, and for the next one, you'll be there watching if you want to. Um, And we've said we've got our birth photographer, Beth, she was um, amazing. So she photographed our whole birth and I said to her, maybe I should invite our mums to come and watch the next one. Adam said, oh, I don't think you really want more people watching you go through it. And she said, how about we film it? And then you can show everyone how great it was. And so for our next birth, Byron will hopefully be there um, watching if he wants to, and then we'll have it on video. I love birth
0: videos. (laughs) And I I actually really like the ones where the kids are there and they're sort of standing at the edge of the pool or like in the edge of the room where they're going, wow. Yeah. Yeah. And I still remember this – I'm getting off topic now, but I remember this one particular video I watched and there was a little girl and she said – I think there's two in there. And then, like, they didn't know they were having twins because oh, they had this totally, like, un, um, monitored pregnancy. Yeah. And they there to it's home birth and all of a sudden she's just like, oh, this placenta's really hard to get out. And then, boom, out comes oh, another baby. Oh, wow. But the little kids were just like, yay.
1: <laughs> I told you. Yeah. <laughs> How funny. That's it's crazy. It's a real family event. It would yeah. stick in their minds for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So that's, that's hopefully our plan for the next one.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And during pregnancy, did you have any, um, like, moments where you thought, I'm not going to be able to do it or any fears or challenges like that?
1: Definitely. Um, so we um, we did our hypnobirthing course when I was maybe 28 weeks. Um, and so with that course, we did it with a, one of my clients. Her name's Jamie and she's beautiful. Um, she's a doula and a hypnobirthing um, instructor but she's also had home births and so that's why we went with her Um, and so a lot of the discussion is about what your fears about birth are what you feel like you need how you want to um, feel during and after your birth and so I'd gone into it thinking nah, I've got no fears like I'm ready to go I'm really excited about birth I've dreamt of it I'm dreamt of amazing births I'm just going to have an amazing birth And then when we started to talk about our fears and we were going through that, I was like, oh, my gosh, I actually do have a lot of fears that I don't think I've ever, like, brought to the surface. But being that I've treated... You hadn't allowed yourself to actually feel them, yeah. Yeah, so I'd had a string of women all across, like, the last couple of months who'd had a lot of trauma, who'd had, um, like, postpartum hemorrhages and all the scary stuff that you hear about. And so I thought, do I really want to risk going through that? um and so that made me really worried i also had in the back of my mind for my mum so i when i'm um chatting with all of my girls during pregnancy we talk about what their mums and what their grandmothers births were like just to give us an idea of maybe it could go down a similar path maybe not um so i knew that for my mum for all three of us kids for my eldest brother she went into labor naturally but she wasn't dilating, so they had to induce her, and then she got induced for my other brother and for myself. And my grandma had cesareans, so no one had really had like a unmedicated birth, mm. being that they'd always had that kind of intervention. And so I thought, oh my gosh, what if I, what if my cervix won't dilate without medical assistance, and I'm going to be at home labouring for hours and hours and end up in hospital anyway? Mm. Um, maybe I need to be giving birth in hospital kind of thing um so I went through a big phase of being fearful of that and thinking you know have we made the right decision here because maybe I'm not going to be able to have this unmedicated uninterventioned birth mm. um but it was really good that I could have my midwife who I knew who would come over every you know month at this point maybe every three weeks um similar frequency to how often you'd see a midwife or a, an obstetrician in a hospital setting she'd come over and we'd spend an hour just chatting about how everything was going, how the baby was going, how I was feeling. And this particular day we spoke about what my fears were. Um, and so she was really supportive. She said, Brooke, if your cervix isn't dilating, yeah, we will go to hospital. But being that we're at home, you've got all of the oxytocin flowing, you're not gonna be fearful because you're in your own environment. You're gonna have your, you know, all of your special things around you that make you feel comfortable. All of those things are really conducive to your cervix dilating and labor progressing. So that should be okay. Um, And then we spoke about some of my other fears, which were things like postpartum hemorrhage, um, which was one of Adam's big fears as well. And so all of the medication that she has um, to kind of stop me from bleeding if that was to be a risk. Yeah, because they're kitted out. Yeah, yeah. yeah, They've got all the things that they need. And she said, and also I'm going to be with you the whole time. So if I think that you are at risk of hemorrhaging, we're not staying at home. We're going to hospital. Like that's, we're going to make that call straight away. Mm. Um and then my other big fear was I am not great with pain. Oh. <laughs> and so prior to planning the home birth I'd said to all of my girls you know everyone um not everyone but I had a lot of girls who felt um upset by the fact that they'd needed to have an epidural as if it was I don't know like as if they were weak for having an epidural which yeah. I just think is ridiculous. And I'd said to them, like, they kind of went, well, what are you going to do? I was like, oh, you better believe I'm having the epidural. I'm terrible with pain.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, so I'd always thought to myself, of course I'm going to have the epidural. Like, Was that even an option? No. no, no. Okay, no. So, so, so that was my fine. fear with my home birth. I was like, oh, my gosh, I've completely gotten rid of this whole option of the something that I thought net, that yeah. I was going to need. But that probably
0: um, almost would have helped in a way because you would have gone well it's not available to me so I'm going to yeah. have
1: to find another way to deal with it. Exactly yeah. so I think I think that's kind of how my mind then worked but I said to my midwife you know what if what if I'm not coping and we do need to go to hospital because I need that epidural. She said Brooke if you need like if you need the epidural and you need to give birth in hospital it's not because you can't cope it's because you need to give birth in the hospital with that medical intervention. It's not because you can't handle it. It's not because you're weak it's nothing like that. It's because that's where your baby needs to be born Mm. and so that made me feel really good that she was like like we're gonna cover off all of these things I'm gonna support you as much as possible when you feel like you can't do it I'm gonna tell you that you can um so yeah we kind of spoke about that and then I felt really prepared and felt like no I'm doing it I'm having this baby vaginally um but then the whole week leading into having him all I could visualize was a cesarean so that was a bit Intense thinking. Oh my gosh! Like he could be coming any day now, and all I can picture is that big blue curtain up, and me giving birth that way. So you just um, like you'd created this block to all your previous good
0: visualizations.
1: Yep, yep. Yep. So I had no positive birth dreams probably in the two months leading into having him. Um, but thankfully, I was you know as we'll soon chat about. I was able to give birth the way that I hoped. Yes, which was nice. And I definitely want to get into that. But yeah. um,
0: did you have any um, other complications during pregnancy at all? Like,
1: um, So I, I know we spoke about the bleeds that I had early on. I had another big bleed at maybe 10 weeks. So that was terrifying. Um, I was at work one night and I just felt this big gush of blood come out of me. Um, and so I went down, to, I was with a client. I quickly raced down to the bathroom and just adrenaline kicked in. I just put a pad in and went, I'll deal with that later. I've got someone upstairs that I need oh, to just yeah. see. Um, so I finished treating her and like deep down was absolutely devastated. So I got my ultrasound and I checked on him and he was still moving. Um, but I rang Adam. You, you would have been just like, come on, finish, finish, finish. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. I was just like, just please get out. <laughs> yeah. um, and so I quickly got the ultrasound out and I checked on him and I could see that he was moving and everything looked fine, but still was fearing the worst. Um and so I rang Adam and was bawling my eyes out. He came racing over. He was just next door, thankfully. And so we just watched him on the ultrasound thinking, like, is this the last time we're gonna see him moving? Mm. Um Thankfully it wasn't. So I rang my midwife and she said, Let's just go and get a scan tomorrow and we'll check in on him but if he was still moving on the ultrasound, I'm sure he's fine. Um, so yeah, we had a scan the next day, and thankfully he was fine. So they think I just had a um, subchorionic hematoma, possibly, okay. yeah. and then I had no other bleeds throughout that time, thankfully, and no other issues. Everything else was smooth sailing oh, from there, well thankfully. Done. Yeah, and you didn't get much morning sickness, did you? No, I was um, I was hoping for it because I thought it's if <laughs> I feel sick, that's a good sign. Um, But I think maybe from seven until ten weeks I felt a bit nauseous and was a bit gaggy, but I never vomited um, because of it. Um, So, yeah, it was just feeling a bit off, and then after that felt fine. Okay. Yeah. Cool. And so apart from the midwife, you didn't really have to go – like, you didn't go
0: through an obstetrician or you didn't go into the hospital or anything like that. You no. just The midwife just came to you.
1: Yeah, yeah. But, so, yeah, yeah, no, we never went to hospital at any point, which was good. We just had that one extra scan at 10 weeks when I'd had the bleed. Um, mm. But, yeah, everything else was just at home because he his heart rate was fine, my blood pressure was fine, all my blood tests were coming back fine. Um, so, yeah, thankfully, that was
0: so all good. good. Yeah. And let's get into your birth story so how many weeks were you when you started to feel like you were going into labor
1: yep yeah, um so I told a fib actually I had had birth dreams in the weeks leading up so I would had a birth dream that I gave birth to him on the 1st of December so I woke up from from my dream here he is I um I said to Adam I know exactly when he's coming it's the first of December. I had a dream last night. The birth pool was in the middle of the lounge room. I pushed him out. It was amazing. And it's the first. Um, and Adam was like, <laughs> "Oh, okay." And so, <laughs> the first came and went. I think I would have been that, that would have been early. So I was due on the tenth. Um, so that came and went. And then I thought maybe it was the seventh. So I had like, in how, my mind like, in
0: your dream was there like a big number on a calendar? No, I just
1: woke up and I said that was the first. Okay. I don't know. I don't know why. It was weird. Um, so then I thought maybe it was the seventh and I got that wrong. And then the seventh came and went. Meanwhile, I'm doing all of the things I'd been seeing the girls at work to work on stretching my perineum and pelvic floor and pushing and all that lovely stuff. Eating your dates. I was eating my dates. (laughs) I was having my raspberry leaf tea. I was shoving evening primrose oil up my vagina. Oh, Um, well, uh, (laughs) raspberry leaf
0: actually doesn't bring it on earlier. Oh, no. It just makes the labor better. Okay. Well, I was
1: doing that anyway. Um, I was having labor induction massage and acupuncture. And so I had that once and the man who was doing it, he kept on like, gosh, it was the most intense massage I've ever had. Um, and he kept saying, is baby moving? And I was like, no, he's still st- still asleep. And he was like, oh, he's very stubborn, this baby. We need to get him uncomfortable. Then he'll want to come out. <laughs> and so after the first day he did that, the next day I woke up and I just cried for about five hours. It was like I had this huge emotional release.
0: I remember um, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
1: I just cried. And I everyone, like Adam said, you know, what's going on? I said, nothing is wrong. I just... I just need to cry. Yeah. I just cry. yeah. So I cried and mum came around and my dogs ruined my Christmas tree. So I cried about that too. Um, so I just had a bath for like an hour and cried and then felt okay. And then the following week had the induction massage and acupuncture again. And at that point, Adam, I think I was, I would have been about 40 weeks. So I was due. And Adam said to me, I'm sick of going to work and not getting a message from you. I just want to be at home with you waiting for the like for this baby to come. Mm. So he decided to finish up work on the Monday, which would have been the 14th, I think. So then on the 15th, it was a beautiful sunny day. So we were like, let's go to the beach. All I've wanted to do this whole pregnancy is swim at the beach while pregnant, and I couldn't because of lockdown. So we um, packed the dogs in the car and we went down to Wollongong and we went to the beach Um, and it was such a beautiful day and then we had dinner with my parents. We had spicy pizza and I'd done some curb walking that day as well and at dinner my mum and dad, they said to Adam, now you've been to the beach, go home Adam and help get this baby out, meaning go (laughs) home and have sex. And I I was like, oh, I'm too tired. I can't be bothered with that. We'll do it tomorrow morning. Um, And so we went home and went to bed. And then at midnight, I woke up and my contractions had started. So they were a lot more intense than I thought that they would be at the start. So I woke up and I thought, oh, amazing. I'll lay back down and I'll try and sleep through these. And, yeah, <laughs> and good after, luck with that. After two contractions, I was like, nope, I am not sleeping through these. So I went downstairs. And how much sorry, how many weeks were you now? I was 40 weeks and six days. Nice. Yes, so six days overdue. So um this was the sixteenth? This was the sixteenth. Yeah. The very morning of the sixteenth. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I went downstairs, I put my tens machine on, and I hated it. And I <laughs> thought I and would you love it.
0: Were, you were looking forward to that. I was
1: looking forward to it. We hire them out at work and all of my girls, bar one, have loved the TENS machine. Yeah. Some of my girls have left it on up until they're pushing the baby out and they've all come back saying, God, that, that TENS machine was amazing. And I thought, oh, I've got this covered. I don't need an epidural. I've got a TENS machine. And I hated it. Hated it. Oh, so I took that off um, and I came back up and got in the bath. So actually I think – so. We'd gotten home from the beach, going backwards. We'd gotten home from the beach um, and I said to Adam, oh, it looks like it's going to storm. I might just quickly have a bath. And I'm a big bath person. So I had a bath, shaved my legs, washed my hair, got out of the bath, braided my hair. Yeah. And I'd always said to Adam I wanted my hair braided for labour. And so as I was doing it, he came in and he was like, Are we having a baby tonight? I was like, No, I just feel like braiding my hair so it's out of the way. So had you told him you were having some contractions? So I hadn't started contractions yet. This was like before we got to dinner with my parents. Oh, gotcha. Yeah. Yeah. Um so I think my body knew that things were gonna happen, but I was completely oblivious to the fact. You know this dream of having birth on a beach yeah
0: like was definitely some sort of truth
1: to it yeah exactly Well, everyone said to me they're like you're brave with all of your birth dreams on the beach who's to say you're not going to go into labor and my birth photographer she said I'm down for a beach birth you just call me I'll be there (laughs) 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 um but yeah so I think deep down in my body it knew that things were going to happen that night but I was completely unaware so yeah, I'd had that bath, then, so I'd gone into labor, tried the tens, hated it, came back upstairs, had another bath, um, and I then thought, I should be timing these contractions. This was three o'clock by this point, so I'd been going for three hours, hadn't woken Adam just yet. Um, <laughs> that reminds me of like when I was like, I should be timing them oh three minutes yeah I should go to the hospital <laughs> yeah yeah well I started timing them because I thought this is, these are happening far more frequently than I thought that they should be like I was expecting one every 20 minutes for a couple of hours then 10 minutes no 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 I was having 30 they were 40 to 60 seconds long each contraction and they were coming every three to six minutes that's great you went yeah. bang it was straight into active yeah. labor <laughs> and so I thought oh okay Interesting. Has your waters broken yet? No, yeah. no. So just the contractions. And my whole pregnancy, like the last couple of weeks, I'd been self-checking my own cervix because I thought that'll give me a good idea of when things are happening. Um, I totally did that too. <laughs> yeah, and everyone kept saying to me because they'd been seeing a, chi- a lovely Cairo and my midwife, they'd both said to me, Brooke, get your fingers out of your vagina. Of course it's not going to open if you keep poking it. <laughs> and, and so I was like, I know, I know, but it's just good to check. And so I'd promised them I wouldn't, but I kept doing it. Um, wash my hands. Yeah, of course. And so then while I was in the bath and I was having these contractions, I thought I'm just going to stick my fingers up my vagina and check my cervix. I have never felt a cervix that was dilating before, so I don't know what I thought I was checking for. But in hindsight, I think I was probably two or three centimetres dilated because I could kind of like spread my fingers and feel yeah, something. Yeah, it would have been like a little bit like softer as well. Yeah, yeah. it was just different to what I, what I know a cervix feels like. Um, and so at three thirty, I messaged my midwife to say, "Hey, just letting you know, these one of my contractions are doing. I'm going okay though. I'm just in the bath." And so I just kept putting off waking Adam up. And then at four thirty, so had he does he know yet? No, no he's, okay. still asleep. Yeah, he's still asleep. Yeah. yeah so at four thirty, I'm fully naked. I walk into the bedroom and I woke him. I was so I just shook him and I said, "Adam," and he was like, "Yeah." I said, "I'm going to need you soon." So I'm fully naked on the bed, and he was like, "Yeah, okay." And then he went back to sleep. I was like, no, no, no. Like, I'm going to need you. And he's like, why? He said, I'm in labor. He was like, oh, okay. And I went back to sleep. So I woke him again. I said, no, no, no. Like, really? So he got up, went to the toilet, went back to bed. So then I had to wait. <laughs> yeah. This is the guy who struggles to sleep but had no problems at this point sleeping. Yeah. Um, and so I said, told him again. And he was like, oh, okay. It's like he, it clicked all of a sudden.
0: Yeah, like half asleep probably when you were telling him.
1: Yeah, yeah. So he's woken up made himself a coffee and was straight downstairs to set up the birth pool. God love him. So he set everything up downstairs without me telling him to do anything. Um, And so I'm just upstairs labouring away. Meanwhile, our dogs were at home and we weren't planning on our dogs being here
0: when Mm -hmm. I had the
1: baby because we thought anytime I make a loud noise, we've got the two dogs and our youngest one, he jumps up on me when I make noise as if like what's going on. Um, And I thought I would be quite a loud labourer, which I was. Um, but they were both really calm. So we have a girl dog, Hazel, and she just slept the whole time. Wasn't phased in the slightest. Um, and our boy dog Simba, he'd been following me around for a few hours and just watching me every time I'd have a contraction. So Adam said to me, you know, should we call your mum and get her to come and pick up the dogs or what do you want to do? And I said, no, nah, the dogs are fine. We'll just leave them. So we kept the dogs for the whole labor, which was oh, amazing. Wow. Yeah. Um, So yeah, I was up and down the stairs, laboring away, and Simba, our boy dog, he would just follow behind me. You know, two always two steps behind me, quiet as anything, never made a fuss. Must have known. I think they both knew. Yeah. Um, and so when I'd have a contraction, he'd just lay down by my side, and then I'd get up and move again, and he'd just follow me again too. So when you say you're up and down the stairs, like,
0: were you going up and down like to help? With the contractions
1: or no, I was just like, I'd kind of move around the house just to see where I felt more comfortable. Yeah, and eventually I ended up just staying downstairs because that's where the birth pool was, that's where all of like my affirmations and everything kind of that I'd visualized that I wanted around me were. Um, so I'd kind of go and sit on the toilet and have some contractions on the toilet, and then I'd lay on the lounge. Um, and wherever I was, we've got all these photos of him just being like right by my side, it's like with his head on the lounge photo. looking Aww. at me and it was very sweet. Yeah. Um, and so I then found, because I didn't have my TENS machine, cause I hated it. I then thought, well, I'll get in the shower. So I've had at this point, I've had two baths. So before we went to mum and dad's for dinner, I had another one that morning. Then I got in the shower and I thought I'd had a five-minute-long shower when Adam came and said, "Okay, darling, you should probably get out. We need to save for hot water to fill up the birth pool." Oh. Um, and I was like, "I haven't even been in here that long. What is he talking about?" So I got out and I labored on the lounge again, and it was it sucked. So I got back in the shower, and he was like, "No, really." we're going to run out of hot water and I said what is your problem I've been here for two minutes he said Dal your last shower was over an hour long and now you've been in here for 30 minutes again. over and an hour yeah so that's time distortion
0: in yeah birth
1: isn't it like, I had no idea how long I'd been there um which people say that to you like you've got no concept of time but mm. until you're in it you have no idea that it's true
0: yeah like I think my active pushing was like an hour but I felt like it was 10 minutes
1: yeah it's crazy yeah. crazy um so then I was in the shower for the second time. Adam got me out of it. It's um, okay. And then we turned the shower off and Adam started to fill the birth pool for me. And he was like, oh, good. We've run out of hot water.
0: So we had, yeah.
1: And I just looked at him like, well, you deal with it, mate. It's not my problem right now. I've got other things to work on. So, so he's, the, here goes the kettle and the salt. Yeah, well, yeah. Adam said to me later, not at the time, he said my first thought was, oh, my God, I'm going to have to build a fire in the backyard so that I can boil some water. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, oh, my God, thank God you didn't say that to me. I would have, like, murdered you having that thought. And he said, so then I came upstairs and I realised, oh, we've got a stove so I can boil water that way. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Like, uh, <laughs> he was yeah. going to go all caveman on us yeah oh Barbie. Um, and so <laughs> he then contacted our birth photographer and our midwife again because um, so so they, oh,
0: they weren't here yet they weren't
1: here just yet Yeah, right. Um, so I think that was maybe at like 8.30 he contacted them and he said to my birth photographer, by the way she's just down the road, he said by the way do you mind bringing your kettle we've run out of hot water, so she arrives with the kettle um, and she, God love her, she was helping him go up and down the stairs to fill the birth pool with all of our boiling water. Um, and our midwife wasn't here still at this point. Um, and so I think, oh, I think it may be nine o'clock. Adam had called her and I was in the middle of a contraction and so she heard me moaning in the background and she said to him, that's all I need to know. I'm on my way right now. And so she came because I was vocalising quite a bit. Yep. Um, and she comes from Laura, so we knew it was going to take her about an hour. Uh, yeah. Um, so then she maybe arrived, I think she arrived just after 10 and at that point I'd been in labour for 10 hours, so I was exhausted. Yeah. Um, So I got on the lounge and got into child's pose and stuck my bum in the air. And so I took his head off my cervix and completely slowed my labor down. So I'd gone from having a contraction every like three minutes now consistently to having one contraction every 10 to 15 minutes. Yeah. Which was great for me. Did you know that was going to happen? I think I did, but I thought, I don't care. I need a break. Yeah. Um. So I just laid there and slept for a bit in between contractions, and I felt terrible because I thought, "Oh my gosh!" Now the second midwife had arrived. And I thought they're both here, thinking I'm having mean? this baby soon. Yeah. And here I am sleeping. Yeah. And now they probably think that I was lying or something, which they didn't. Um. But they were up here just all sitting around the coffee the coffee table, having a, a tea and a cuppa. Um. And then I think they'd let me sleep for maybe an hour. And then my midwife came downstairs and she said to me very gently, she said, Brooke, do you want to meet your baby today? I said, yes. She said, me too. How about we get you up and moving and put his pressure, his head, back on your cervix so that we start things up again? And I was like, okay, fair enough. Yeah. Because I didn't want to, because then it was going to be uncomfortable again. Yeah. Um, You escaped the pain for a bit. yeah, Yeah, exactly. Um, So then she had me properly walking the stairs to start things up again. So Adam and I together would go up and down the stairs like 10 times and then we'd walk up and down the backyard and then I'd go and sit on the toilet and have contractions on the toilet. So my water still hadn't broken at this point. It was maybe 1130. Um, And then, so we kept doing that. And then I went and sat on the toilet and I'd kind of been doing a little bit of pushing and kind of checking my cervix Um, and then I had a little bit of a bloody show, very slight bloody show when I'd wiped. Um, so we did some more walking, came back to the toilet and I'd wiped and I pulled out my mucus plug. And I was so excited. I wish there was a photo of my face when I pulled this mucus plug out. Adam was bent down putting a new pad in my underpants for me and I pulled this thing out next to his head (laughs) and was like, my mucus plug, how amazing. (laughs) Um, Because to me that was a sign that things were actually progressing. Um, So my midwife came in and checked it. She said, yep, that's definitely your mucus plug. How good. And then I think I'm unsure of the timing of this, but I'm pretty sure then I stood up off the toilet because adam said come on doll you've been there for a while let's go and do some more walking yeah, and i suppose. stood up yeah i stood up and my waters broke all over our feet and it really i always listen to birth stories of people saying i wasn't sure whether i'd wet myself or it was my waters broken and i thought surely you know i had no idea i was like uh i think i could have wet myself but i think it could be my waters i'm really not sure <laughs> uh, I, it's probably so numb down there at this yeah point that yeah i just have, yeah, have no yeah. idea
0: Um, I think mine was like, I, all of a sudden I was just like, everything's wet. Yeah. Yeah. Bizarre. Like you don't feel it happening. Like it was, I think I might've heard like a bit of a a pop pop. sound. Yeah. Yeah. But I can't remember now.
1: Yeah. Well, I don't remember feeling a pop. I just remember going, Oh yeah. Like I'm, something's coming out of me and it felt like it could be urine, but I didn't know. And my midwife came in and she said, no, 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 it's clear. It's definitely your waters. How good. Um, And so I sat back down on the toilet. I thought, well, this is working, so I'm going to stay here. So I sat down on the toilet and had a few more contractions there.
0: I guess that's why they use birthing stools. Yeah, Yeah.
1: exactly, exactly. Um, But also I think because we were at home and I was walking outside, I thought I think I was subconsciously holding on my pelvic floor because I was like, I don't want to wee myself outside and have possibly my neighbours see that happen. Um. So being on the toilet, I could just constantly wee and yeah. relax yeah so that's I think when things started to progress a lot more
0: yeah and that got, really goes to show that sort of um, element of fear and tension yeah. and um, self-consciousness yeah can hold back a, a birth
1: yeah and I mean our neighbors yeah. weren't even home so I don't know why I was thinking that but mm-hmm. I was yeah I just kept saying to Adam no I don't want to wee myself in front of people mm. um so I was having more contractions on the toilet and then Adam came in I don't know how long I'd been there but Adam came into the bathroom and he said do you want to come and get in the pool because i hadn't even considered the pool at this point you i said,
0: thought i worked really hard yeah I yeah i
1: filled this pool up for you um and because i think i was still thinking in my head um that i wasn't i wasn't having this baby vaginally i still had my last couple of dreams in my head of i'm having a cesarean the blue curtain yeah yeah um And so I didn't want to get in the pool because I thought, oh, well, we're just going to have to call an ambulance to transfer me to hospital soon anyway. So he came in and said, do you want to get in the pool? And I thought, oh, I would love to be in the pool right now. That would be great. And my midwives said later, they were like, we just kept waiting for you to get in and you just kept on like sitting on the toilet and going somewhere else and we're waiting for you to say, I can't cope. And then we'd tell you to get in the pool and you just sat in the toilet. You didn't do anything. (laughs) So I got in the pool finally. Um, and that was a huge relief from all of the pressure that I was feeling Um, because I can't really remember, like Adam says to me later, I never said that I had pain but he kept saying that I kept telling him I was experiencing a lot of pressure in my bum and in my tummy Um, so also on the toilet I'd been involuntary, or maybe voluntary pushing, but I didn't want to tell anyone because I didn't want to get in trouble, which I wouldn't have, but in my mind i was like no i shouldn't be doing this yet i don't think my cervix is out of the way enough so they'll tell me to stop if they know that i'm pushing that like you were doing it consciously i think so okay um either way whether it was conscious or not i was pushing
0: we had you experienced the um, bearing
1: down like yet when you like when you're actually pushing like we can't control it i think so like i think i think that's what was happening like i think it was spontaneous pushing but i don't I think I also knew that I was pushing with it, maybe. Yeah, okay. Um, but I kept thinking, no, my cervix isn't fully dilated yet. I shouldn't be doing that. Um, so, yeah, so I got in the pool and then I'd started doing some pushes, but then I'd also started self-checking my cervix again, classic. Um, and I kept saying to my midwife, I guess it's a
0: bit like you in the ultrasound. Yeah, exactly.
1: Like, I knew that I shouldn't do it, but I kept doing it. Phase, yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> but I kept checking my cervix <sighs> – And I was saying to my midwife, my cervix isn't even fully dilated yet. I shouldn't be pushing. It's in the way. She was like, that's okay, Brooke. Everything that you're doing sounds great. Keep going. Um, So then I got on all fours and I was kind of in like a W sit, so like my knees in and my feet out. Yes, to open up. To open the pelvic outlet. Um, And I was having lots of contractions quite frequently and I was pushing with each of them, vocalising a lot, like that really low... I guess that move sound yeah. that you think that you can replicate, but I don't think I could ever replicate until I'm in labour again.
0: Oh, I think I I did the cow noise and yep. I remember looking at it. I had a little bit of a birth video and I was like, I don't even, I'm like, I'm scared to look at the video <laughs> because of the
1: noise. Yeah, it's just, like, it's otherworldly. <laughs> um, and so Adam was in front of me, like, and I was squeezing his hands every contraction, and I was pushing and bearing down. <laughs> Meanwhile, our dogs are still there. So Hazel still was upstairs, but Simba was downstairs just watching. He'd just sit by my side, like, not in the pool, obviously, but right next to the pool and just watch the whole thing silently. Um, and then... I said to Adam I was like he's just not coming down my cervix is still there and my midwife had the mirror and I think that you could start to see that everything was stretching and his head was coming I wasn't crowning yet but I still was thinking that I wasn't having this baby I don't know why um and Adam said darl I can see his head he's definitely coming down and I was like no way and then my midwife said Brooke check check again stick your fingers up your vagina check again Can you feel his head? And I was like, oh, my gosh, it's his head that I've been feeling this whole time, not my cervix. (laughs) And she said, does he have any hair? And I said, no, no hair. And there's photos and he definitely has hair. Um, Well, it would
0: have been so slippery. Yeah, I had no
1: idea. Um, And then so I kept pushing um, and I said to Adam again, he just won't get out. And Adam said, no, doll, he's coming. I can see he's got your eyes. And I was like, shut up, Adam. So he was just like having a joke with me at this point. And my midwife was like, You are going to be murdered if you keep trying to joke <laughs> with her right now. Um, it's like, what a
0: time to be. Yeah, exactly.
1: And so I'd been pushing and I could, so I'd started to crown and I could feel his head come out maybe one or two centimeters. And then my contractions would stop. So then he'd sink back away inside. And then mm. it'd happen again and he'd come out a bit further and sink back in. And in my rational brain, I knew that was a good thing. But in my irrational brain, I was like, just get out of me. Like, I just need to push more.
0: Get out and stay out. Yeah, Yeah. so
1: that it can come (laughs) out. And I thought, like, it had been happening for a while. And I was thinking, surely there's not much head left that has to come out. Like, surely it's happening soon. And my midwife kept saying, you're doing so beautifully, Brooke. He's stretching you perfectly. This is great. So she was so encouraging. Um, And I've got my hand there the whole time feeling how much of his head was coming out and trying to like guard my perineum and move my perineum out of the way to try and avoid tearing. Um, Are you still in your WC? Yes. And so because it just kept on happening like that, my midwife said, how about we try maybe getting into a lunge? Put one of your legs forward and let's just try a different position. So I put my left leg forward and was in a really deep lunge. And then my next contraction, I think that's when his head came out. Um, and I was expecting his head to sit there for a bit and like my contractions to stop and then have more contractions and push the rest of him out. But his head came out, then this arm flung out of me, then his whole body just slithered out all at once. Um, <laughs> and it was surreal. It was crazy. Um, and so then I just reached down and I just, like I, because I had my hand there that whole time, I grabbed him and I grabbed him around the neck And I put my other hand under his bum and just, like, lifted his whole body out of the pool to show Adam because Adam couldn't see what was happening at this point because I was bent over. Um, And the midwives were all, like, going, yay, like, how amazing. And Adam was like, what's happening? What's happening? (laughs) Um, And there's photos. They're so beautiful. There's photos of where I've just started to lift Byron up out of the pool and you can see Adam's face and he's just, like, so happy and so excited. Um, and then there's another photo of my face when I've got him out of the pool, and I've just got like this huge grin on my face, like, oh my gosh, we've just done this. Yeah. Um, Get out of
0: here, blue curtains. Yeah, 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 no
1: blue curtains here, no ambulance here. Um, and so, yeah, he was out. It was just so amazing. Like the fact that he was finally here, it was like the most surreal thing ever. Um, and so, straight away, I like sat back and like put him on my chest, and his umbilical cord was quite short. So I could just get him onto my chest, but I couldn't properly sit down in the pool Mm. um, because it felt like I was tugging on my placenta. Um, And so we sat back and the dogs were there. So 10 minutes before he was born, Hazel, our girl dog, she came downstairs. And the second midwife said, oh, Hazel's here. That means that the baby's coming soon. And 10 minutes later, he was born. So it was crazy crazy. Um, we also, throughout, I forgot to say, we had a dragonfly because we had our doors all open downstairs. We had a dragonfly that kept flitting in and out and, like, landed on our walls and would land on our birth photographer, Beth, and our midwife Googled it afterwards and she said that it's a symbol of transformation and change. Oh, my So goodness. that was, yeah, crazy because I could, like, I wasn't aware of the dragonfly, but I could hear them say, oh, the is back again, like, while I was having contractions and things. Um, so that was pretty amazing to know that that was happening. So we've got photos of the dragonfly too. Um, and so he took maybe 30 seconds to start breathing, So which also felt like two seconds. Like I was not concerned in the slightest. Um, but the movement was saying, you know, just breathe on his face a little bit, blow on his face, give him a little tap, and he started to cry. And as soon as he started to cry, Simba started to cry, our boy dog. <laughs> we've got videos of that as well. Um. yeah, and so that was him. He was out. And we were a family of three. Our little Byron was here. Oh, and he's so beautiful. He's so cute. And he's so content right now. I know. He's such a good boy.
0: (laughs) Oh, that's wonderful. Okay, and so then um, placenta came out fine.
1: Yeah, so we had – I had a bit of a bleed after, like, when my placenta was due to come out. So I'd given birth to him and I reckon we'd maybe spent – 10 minutes in the pool. And while I was sitting there, I'd said, oh, I feel like I'm about to lose a lot of blood. Like I just had this sensation vaginally that something was coming out. Um, So I had quite a big gush of blood and my midwives weren't concerned, but I think they were kind of going, we really want to check where that blood is coming from. Um, And I thought I'd be stressed by that. And I thought Adam would be stressed by that, but we were both just like so in love with him. And I felt so fine that I wasn't concerned that there was this blood there. Um, so we got out of the pool and I wouldn't hand him off to anyone. Like I was holding him while everyone was helping me out of the pool. I was like, no, 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 one's taking my child from me. Um, and then as I got out of the pool, I had another gush of blood. Um, so the, my midwife said, let's just give you the Sintocin injection, which I had no concerns about having. Cause as long as he was fine and I was fine and we didn't have to go to hospital, After having everything happen at home, I thought, no, that's fine. I don't care what you need to give me from this point forward, do whatever. (laughs) Um, So I had the Sintocin injection and then we did a little bit of like she was helping my placenta to come out sooner to try and stop the bleeding. Um, So, yeah, maybe 20, 30 minutes after he was born, we birthed the placenta Um, and we obviously had delayed cord clamping. They'd waited until the cord was completely clear Mm -hmm. um, before Adam then cut the cord Um, And we think it was just maybe – we don't really know where the bleeding came from, but we think because the umbilical cord was so short, maybe when I pulled him out, I kind of tugged on the placenta and that's where the blood came from. Straight after the injection, I had no more loss of blood, like abnormally large loss of blood, which Mm -hmm. was good. Um, So, yeah, I was just kind of laying on our lounge downstairs, having skin-to-skin time with my baby, Mm -hmm. and the placenta came out and I didn't even – like I felt it come out because I was having to push a little bit to help her get the placenta out, but it wasn't painful at all. No, it's kind of just like blah blah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It was just like I felt a bit empty yeah. after that. Yeah, which was weird. <laughs> um, yeah. And so they were just checking the placenta to make sure that there wasn't anything retained when it had come out, which it all looked fine. Um, and I tried to latch him on. Cause mm-hmm. I thought, oh, if I can get him on my boob, I was also had lots of breastfeeding dreams. Oh. And so even pre-pregnancy, I would like wake up sad that I didn't have a baby on my breast when oh, I woke up that morning. Yeah. So I was super excited to try and breastfeed him. Um but we couldn't get him to latch straight away. So we were just then having cuddles and then Adam had cuddles. Um and then my midwives were packing everything up while we just laid there and enjoyed our new baby. Um they put a load of washing on, they brought me some food and a cup of tea. Mm. For some reason my I thought I was going to have the baby overnight, not at four o'clock in the afternoon. So I had pancakes thinking we'll have pancakes for breakfast. That'll be nice. Um, But what I asked for was an apple and a cup of tea. So that's what they brought me. (laughs) Um, And, yeah, so then we did all the baby checks and everything. He was perfect. Everything looked great. Um, So from there we then – the midwives helped me in to have a shower And then got me dressed and we went upstairs and laid in bed and tried to feed him again. So we ended up syringe feeding him that night. Mm -hmm. Um, And then I think at maybe 7 o'clock the midwives left. So they'd been there from like 10.30 that morning and we were just tucked up in bed with our puppies and our baby and, yeah, it was bliss. And so um, the dogs have been fine with him, haven't they? They They, love him. Yeah, they love him. I think Hazel, um, being that she's older, she's about 13, so I like to think that she knew that, you know, what was happening and she thought, no, I'm going to respect their space and not go down there until the baby's nearly here. Um, and Simba was just so excited. Like he just wanted, he wanted to try and just kiss him and kiss me all over, yeah. which we wouldn't let him, obviously. Yeah. Um, but he was just so interested in Byron and he would, um, whenever Byron would cry, Simba would cry. And yeah. whenever Byron made a noise, Simba would be right there checking on him, like what's going on, what can I do to help? Um so that was really sweet. Oh, that's yeah. Yeah. and
0: Breastfeeding's been
1: good. Breastfeeding has been. So we had a little bit of difficulty initially. Um so we couldn't get him to latch um until maybe the third or fourth day. So we were mm-hmm. syringe feeding him with my colostrum up until that point and we managed to get him to attach onto my right breast. We had to like flip my nipple into his mouth and we got that to happen a few times. Um, but we couldn't get the other breast to happen. So we started using nipple shields. We maybe used them for a week. Um, and my midwife had said, maybe on the second day, I think that he could have a tongue tie. And being that it was so close to Christmas, it was the 16th that he was born of December. Um, so we called straight away to book him with a lactation consultant. And we got in with her, I think, just after Christmas, maybe on the 27th. So we were using nipple shields maybe for seven to ten days. Um, We saw her and she cut his tongue tie. He had quite a decent tongue tie. Um, Used nipple shields that day and the next day, and then after that we were off nipple shields and he was latching beautifully and everything's been great since. I had a bit of oversupply. Um, my left boob is an overachiever and likes to produce a lot of milk, <laughs> which he didn't like straight away because no, it would shoot him in the back of the throat. Yeah. So he'd just be like coughing and spluttering and there's milk all over his face and all over everything. And, uh, and, and then
0: they take, take off and then and then it's just like spraying them yeah. in your face and yeah. then you're trying to stop
1: it. Yeah and, then, yeah, and then he's like looking at me like, what are you doing to me, mum? <laughs> can't help it. <laughs> um, so since that, that probably took maybe seven weeks to kind of settle down. Yeah. Um, but yeah, otherwise everything's been going great, thankfully, which I'm so glad about because I've desperately wanted to breastfeed, so I'm feeling very lucky that we've been able to get that to work. Yeah, that's wonderful. Yeah, and how's your pelvic floor? pelvic floor is good, so being <laughs> being the pelvic floor physio that I am, as soon as we'd given birth to him, and my midwives were checking and they'd taken the placenta out um or helped me birth the placenta, and then they were checking to see if I'd had any tears um i was like i wonder if i can squeeze my pelvic floor right now so i gave it a squeeze and i said to them girls i can still squeeze my pelvic floor right now stupid but then they were like please don't do that you just pushed a baby out we don't need you doing that right now but i thought that's great wonderful tick um so i did have a second degree tear yeah um which we stitched up to the second day after i'd given birth to him um because we weren't sure if we were going to stitch it or not, my midwife, she tends to kind of leave tears because her thoughts are the vagina is not like this open vessel. It's closed and shut and generally your legs are together, so it tends to just heal itself. Um, but I kind of had this random little flap that she wanted to stitch back on. Um, being that <laughs> I should know better, but I chose to go against all of my knowledge A few days after that, maybe the day after she'd stitched me, we went for a walk up to a cafe locally and I had him in a carrier on my chest. I was like, let's show off this baby of ours. Um, Three-day-old baby. Yeah, exactly. Our fresh newborn. People were going, that baby's very young. We were like, yes, he's three days old. (laughs) They were like, wow. Um, And so I tore my stitches, (sighs) unfortunately, which was quite uncomfortable. I just felt a bit stingy and a bit sore and I thought that doesn't feel right and I'd taken a few photos and showed my midwife she said oh yeah your stitches have come away do you know when that happened and I said oh could (laughs) have been when I was walking could have been that walk that I shouldn't have gone on (laughs) um so yeah they came away and that was quite uncomfortable for a few weeks so I just had to kind of keep my legs together and not do as much as what I had been trying to do. Basically all the things that i tell my girls to do, I I had to listen to. Yeah.
0: Like, so taking your own advice. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's like I needed one of the girls from work to like text me all of the information that I give out and go, you know this Brooke, but here, and then I would have gone, Oh, of course. That's always the way. Yeah. Of course we don't listen. Um, so yeah, once that had healed, everything's been fine. Thankfully I was constipated for maybe six days. So that was terrifying, but the first poo was okay. Mm. Um, but yeah, so I've had my six week check with the girls at work and my pelvic floor is still functioning really well, which is nice. We kind of grade pelvic floor strength out of five. And at the moment I've got a four, which is good. Um, and I wasn't really having any issues or concerns. I had a little bit of like a, a bubbly sensation, which is a sign that there could be a prolapse there Mm -hmm. just feels like there's something there that shouldn't be there. Um, and I've got a family history of prolapse. So I was kind of expecting that when they checked me that I would have a prolapse and most women within the first six weeks, nearly everyone who's had a vaginal birth has some degree of mobility of their tissue. So prolapse being, um, like extra descent of either the bladder, uterus or the bowel. And so I had a little bit of movement of my bladder. And so, um, we're kind of just monitoring that. Um, and I've got some herbs from you to try and help with lifting everything back up. Yep. But now that I'm what ten weeks postpartum, I haven't really felt that sensation for probably four weeks now. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just need to remind myself <laughs> to that take I, it easy. To take it easy still, yeah. I only had a baby ten weeks ago, yeah. so as much as I'd love to go for a run, I'm not. I'm just kind of keeping everything low intensity for now. Yeah, well, you've been at the gym, but you've been taking it easy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I haven't been doing any jumpy activities just yet, and I haven't been lifting heavy weights. Um, but I'll start to kind of increase my activity. I've got another physio appointment in a week or two. So we'll check in, see where things are at, and then I'll hopefully start to increase my activity. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Which is good. I'm looking forward to that.
0: Yeah. I bet you are. Yes. Very I mean, much so. Brooke was saying before, she just really wants to go out for a run. But yes. she's like keeping herself um, under control. I am. I am. Yeah. I
1: went for a swim yesterday yeah. instead of a run. I thought, I just need to move my body. What's the best way to do it? And I said to Adam, I'm going to go for a run. He said, no. How about you go to the pool and you go for a swim? So I took that option instead. Um, but yeah, I'm desperate to run. <laughs> yeah, I bet you
0: are. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so, when you were when we were planning this, you did a question on your Instagram. If anyone has any questions yes. about your birth, has there been anything anyone's asked that we haven't covered?
1: Um, so the main questions were just um, asking, kind of like to tell the whole story. Um, I had one question, I think, from another pelvic floor physio who she asked if i'd ever considered like did i feel pressured into having a vaginal birth being that i'm a pelvic floor physio or did i have fears about it and consider maybe having a cesarean because of the risk of having a third degree tear um which i guess we've kind of yeah answered um and one of the questions was how did i keep the oxytocin levels high Um, Which I guess kind of being at home, being in your own environment. I had my dogs here. Like Simba would always give me cuddles whenever I bent down, Mm. give me a little kiss. Um, And I had lots of photos around that made me feel really happy. Yeah. Um, And I think feeling safe as well. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Just being at home, it just felt right. Yeah. Um, And obviously having Adam with me the whole time was nice and not have to kind of worry about who was coming in and out. We knew the only other three people who were going to be there was – Um, my midwife who I, you know, we'd built that rapport with, so we knew her and I felt really great when she'd arrived. Um, we had our birth photographer, Beth, who was lovely. She'd been so supportive through the whole pregnancy, knowing that we'd had the miscarriage and, um, Mm. like knowing all of our plans. Um, and then the second midwife who arrived her name was Natasha she was so beautiful she was so lovely she was always giving us like encouraging words and she was helping Adam fill the pool and Mm -hmm. patting the dogs so I think just being at home and the people that were here really helped yeah um yeah I think that was probably the biggest thing that kind of kept me stress-free and feeling all the love yeah like
0: that's a that's a quite amount of support to have like Like your partner and three other women there and of course your dogs whereas in a hospital setting often they leave you alone in the room yeah and that can be really scary and lonely
1: yeah exactly especially
0: in COVID times as well when like up until recently you haven't been able to have a doula or a birth
1: support yeah I think it was um the day that we were talking about it after I'd had him so that day the 16th um, they just bought back in that you could only have the one support person. So up until that day, you could have two support people in hospital. Mm-hmm. So we were going, you know, if we do have to transfer for whatever reason, I've got Adam and at least I've got my midwife being able to come in with me yeah. um, just in case because we'd obviously planned for if that was, you know, to be the need to birth in hospital, which could always be the case no matter what happens. Yeah. Um, so we'd kind of planned for that of what that might look like and, um, And then, yeah, that day they'd brought in only the one support person. So Mm. knowing that I could have my four kind of support people there Mm. was amazing. Amazing. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And going through COVID times as well, um, how did you go in terms of navigating that and like immunisation? How was that for you?
1: That was tricky. Um, so when they first brought out the vaccines, they weren't saying that they were safe yet for pregnancy. Um, and so Adam was more than happy to get his vaccine. He was very comfortable with that. I, when they then said that pregnant women were recommended the vaccine, I felt a little bit uncomfortable about it. Just not knowing enough about it yet. It was still so new. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. So I felt a little bit uncertain about it and didn't like the idea of getting it for myself. And I'd spoken to the girls at work who'd, had babies and we'd kind of gone like they'd all gotten their vaccine and they were like you know I don't know what I'd do if I was pregnant to be honest um so being that that was the case I kind of we waited the first couple of weeks um but then it was getting quite bad and I was terrified of catching COVID um we'd had an instance where Adam was a close contact at work he'd treated someone who had COVID and so we had an isolation we had the 14-day isolation and during that time I had made myself sick with worry about what would happen I think I was 25 weeks um and was so stressed and concerned about what would happen if I'd caught it and I'd read all of these stories online about pregnant women having to deliver via emergency cesarean and all sorts of horrible things that made me terrified Um, and so that's when I then got in contact with you actually and I said, help me, what should I do? Tell me, I think you said to me, what's your concern with getting the vaccine? And so I explained, you know, I just don't know enough about it, what happens if something happens, you know, a year or two years or five years or ten years down the track to my baby. Um, So we had a really good chat about that and you explained the process of vaccines and how they work Um, and we kind of spoke about why we both thought that then having that chat, it was safe for me to have and probably encouraged for me to have, being that I was still at work and in contact with so many people and that Adam as well was in contact with so many people, that risk of catching it was just that bit higher mm. than if I could work from home. Um, and I spoke to my GP about it as well and she was quite um, encouraging of getting it. So then we kind of booked it in after that. I took a lot of herbs. I think we did what vitamin C and D and a bunch of other things. Yeah, kind a,
0: few, of- a few pregnancy-friendly things that help to reduce potential side effects and make yeah. like, improve the um the way that the immune system responds
1: yeah yeah so I started taking those and then I we booked in and I still felt nervous having my first vaccine um but I had absolutely no symptoms whatsoever no side effects nothing um and then by the time that I was it was almost like when I was driving home from it I'd had my 15 minute wait and I was like no I feel fine I feel normal everything's okay it was almost like this weight off my shoulders that I'd done it. I was like, okay, I've made my choice. I've done it. It's fine. Um, so then we had the second one, and I wasn't nervous for that one, other than the possible side effects because Adam had had horrendous side effects after with his, his second one. With his second yeah. one, he was really quite unwell. Mm. Um, I had mine, and I was fine again. So, Brilliant. yeah, that was good. Um, but yeah, it was a stressful time. Like yeah. I spoke to a lot of clients. We were also pregnant at the time and we were all kind of working out what we wanted to do and what we felt comfortable with. And there was lots of my clients who'd already had it and they felt very strongly in their decision that they'd had it. Mm. There was lots of clients who felt really strongly against it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was kind of one of those people would ask me what I felt and I was like, I don't know what I feel yet. I have no idea. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was really stressful making that decision. But then once I'd kind of made it and once I'd had the vaccine and went from there, it felt I felt much more protected being at work. Um, because up until that point, I thought maybe the best option for me is just to work from home and do telehealth consults only. Um, but yeah, then I felt more comfortable being at work after I'd had it.
0: Mm-hmm. So,
1: and yeah. that, that is
0: hard in your line of work as well. Like you do want to have yeah. that physical nature to it. Yeah.
1: So. Yeah. Would I would have be been, good. um, working from home cause that would have, that was September, I think. So it would have been like three months of working from home and not seeing people in the clinic, mm. which I didn't. I didn't like the idea of that. I wanted to be there. Yeah. And like you're so busy
0: in your clinic. Yes. Yeah. Like that would have made a big impact.
1: (laughs) Yeah. And I think also because a lot, because of COVID, a lot of our clients who were birthing in hospitals, they weren't having those face-to-face sessions with their health providers. So maybe seeing us as physios was the one person, like the one health professional that they were getting that face-to-face contact with. Yeah. And so I thought if I then moved to telehealth, of course they could see the other girls at work, but it just felt like I wanted to support women face-to-face and in person as much as possible when they weren't getting that elsewhere. Yeah,
0: that, I think, and I think that's definitely an important part
1: yeah. of the treatment, isn't
0: it? Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, is there anything else you wanted to talk about or any other words of advice, like looking back, that you wanted to impart? Um,
1: I don't know. I just think birth is amazing. Yes. Um, however you birth. I know that, like, there's all of these things about um, – some people portraying one type of birth is better than another type of birth. And I just think that women, as women who can birth, are amazing. And however you can birth is incredible. Mm. Um, obviously, I feel super lucky that I got the birth that I'd hoped for. Um, and I really wish that all women, no matter how they birth, really felt that way. And they felt really encouraged and supported and empowered no matter how they give birth. Yeah. Because it is such a life-changing experience. Oh, so much. Um, and... like if
0: anything i learned from the birth time documentary as well is that it's all about as long as you feel like you're not having something done to you out of your control exactly and out of your knowledge that's the main thing so as long as you're okay with your decision then like that's that's the main
1: thing yeah i think as long as we can and i mean that's what i love about our work so much is being able to help women be informed Mm. um but i think as long as women are informed about their choices and feel supported in the choices that they're making no matter how they birth Mm. then that's kind of what we we ask for i think birth trauma comes from being uninformed and not knowing Mm. and feeling forced into making decisions yeah um as opposed to knowing that you're making the decision that's right for you at that time
0: yeah and you were obviously in a position where you had A lot of knowledge about birth and pregnancy and I think that's a really powerful position to be in as well yeah Um, I see a lot of women who have had birth and then um, when they're pregnant with their second they they think I wish I knew what I knew now for my first one yeah and so being educated and um, empowered about birth is just such an important thing
1: yeah yeah at times I think it having more knowledge was scary um and my midwife kept saying to me we need to switch off the physio side of you that has all of this knowledge and you just need to be a birthing woman (laughs) um which I think we were able to I was able to do during the labor and during the birth and definitely in the postpartum because I did not think of any of the important things that I tell my girls I was definitely in the newborn bubble yeah um but yeah having that knowledge and being able to make that decision and having a supportive partner who was able to go you know what this is how you feel most comfortable giving birth this is you know really important to you let's look into it and make sure it's safe
0: and um, he, he sounds like he was
1: amazing like. yeah oh he was so good yeah he um i said to him when we'd set up where the birth pool was going to be we would bought a lounge for downstairs to be beside the pool i said just in case you pass out you know because i'm expecting that you'll faint at one point during this whole process um which he didn't he was amazing um <laughs> like faint like as in oh yeah, a bit yeah, traumatic. yeah he's <sighs> he's not good with pain or blood for himself oh. and so I thought that watching me in pain might be intense for him but he was amazing every time like we'd um, be walking up and down the backyard and I'd be squeezing hold of him so tight and he'd just like give me little kisses or little cuddles or just oh. be there um he'd offer me my water like every yeah. after every contraction he'd make sure I had a drink of water so that I was staying hydrated um yeah, he was he was so amazing throughout the whole thing, and even since having Byron, he's been incredible. That's just nice. Yeah. it makes such a big difference to have that support in. Yeah, 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 even now, like yesterday when I said I just desperately wanted to go for a run, um, and because mm-hmm. I, I didn't want to drive to the pool and swim and then drive back. because so I thought then I'm away from the baby for a bit longer. and Adam said, no, go. go and swim. You know that's better for you than running is right now. Take some time, have some time to yourself. We're fine here. Um, so yeah, even just having him to go, no, 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 I'm, I'm cool. I've got the baby. I'm a dad. It's okay. You can leave the house. It's okay. Yeah. <laughs> that's been a big help too. Yeah, that's yeah.
0: Wonderful. Yeah. Well, I'm so glad that you've been able to have this experience.
1: Thank and you. It's just amazing. Yeah, he's gone back to sleep again. God oh. love him. Yeah, beautiful. He's <laughs> such a beautiful age. Yeah, it's nice. It really is. Um, a, a lot of people have asked me how it is, and I, I was worried about the first couple of months thinking that i'd miss work and i'd um you know feel a little bit down for missing work but he has just been such a dream i haven't missed i've been still going into work occasionally but i've loved loved this change so so much um it really is more like more incredible than what i thought it would be like i just feel very blessed it is, love. it is beautiful. Yeah. yeah, it's such a beautiful time. I could have ten babies <laughs> if it was all like this.
0: <laughs> I know. Just keep them. Just like repeat this stage, and then yeah. like repeat it, and then not have to deal with them when they're four. <laughs> yeah.
1: Well, yeah. I I would. Um, I've said to Adam because we have agreed we only really want two. I'll see after I have my second if I'm done. But in an ideal world, we prior to having babies, we said no. We just have two one baby and one dog in each hand for each of us that works <laughs> um but i said to him if all of my pregnancies because other than the bleeds um that my pregnancy was amazing i felt so beautiful during my pregnancy i loved having my belly um so if all of my pregnancies and my labors and my births were the same i could do it 10 times mm. so how about i just you know surrogate for women if adam was like oh I don't know, you kind of, your brain doesn't function too well when you're pregnant, so maybe we can't afford to do that ten times over. <laughs> but yeah, love I love it that much. I
0: know, I, I mean, I'm very happy with my two kids, but yeah. when I was um, coming
1: here, I was thinking, I'm really going to have birth again. Like, yeah. yeah, it's amazing. Yeah. yeah, it's so nice. It's crazy that it's ten weeks ago already. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> oh, you've got a lot more joyous moments to come yeah. with him yeah we love him and all of the changes that we keep seeing you a know, smaller little boy <laughs> well, that's pretty much it
0: isn't it oh, yeah. so thank you thank you for sharing your story and to uh, anyone who's listened
1: this far along thank you for listening <laughs> thank you for listening thank you for having me and chatting with me about my birth and supporting me throughout oh, all of the phases it's an absolute pleasure all right bye everyone bye